It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, February 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is starting to get a little anxious about this trade deadline with so many deals going down on Sunday. Yeah, I've got some really tough thoughts here. I do. Yeah, we've got a lot to discuss, plus Phantoms Tuesday and the Elliot Denoyer update all coming up on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. We are going to have a mailbag this week, so get those trade deadline questions in. You can send them to us on YouTube as well. Uh, we are over on YouTube as well as all of your favorite podcasting platforms here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Russ, we did have one Flyers trade uh, to talk about from late Sunday night, was it? I don't know. Since, it was. Uh, I figured it out about it uh, like at 1.30 in the morning, but. Isaac Radcliffe was traded to Nashville for future considerations. And now we can get into this a little bit more during the Phantoms Tuesday portion. But I think, you know, the upshot for me is that I hope he gets a a nice, you know, fresh start and can make something of it in that organization. And I think you know, especially with Barry Trotz coming in to take over. I think there's going to be, you know, a new attitude there and a, and a reset across the board in Nashville. And I think that'll hopefully bode well for him. I think it will. But, like, am I supposed to sit here and believe that he was the worst guy in Lehigh and that's why you just you got rid of him? Like, for future considerations, which is basically nothing, uh, a second-round pick that last year looked good, and just because he hasn't looked good this year, and there's a multitude of reasons maybe why, uh, really? He's the worst one? No, not buying it. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I, I think there is more to it. Uh, but I, I do think that maybe there just wasn't room for him to develop, that they've made the decision to prioritize other people. Well, it's clear. I mean, and and so like now, you know, John Tortorella is on the clock. Uh, you can't continually blame Chuck Fletcher. You know, Lappy's there, so if he's part of the decision-making, it's him and John. Like, they, you know, whether they mm-hmm. got together, talked, John didn't care, whatever, they let him go. He left the organization. If he does well somewhere else, then, you know, you know who to look at because I just have a hard time believing that you wouldn't give him another chance. He's only 24. Really? Bringing him back at 25 was going to be that bad of an idea? You know, it's a, it's a real interesting situation we've got going in terms of not quite understanding some of the logic. And, you know, again, like I said, best wishes to him. Yeah, he's um, a good guy. Everybody's allowed to have an off season, folks. Like, you know, that's a reality. 
Uh, Elliot Denoye got called back up as expected um, with uh, no game until Wednesday. They obviously just wanted to give him another game to play as well as Sam Erson yeah. when uh, they played in the Sunday game for the Phantoms, which we'll get to. Uh, they did call Denoye back up. Sam Erson, not yet, but I think that makes sense because Carter Hart's going to play against the Rangers and who, you know, Felix Antrim can back him up and then they don't have to carry an extra guy on the roster and, and eat up cap space. Right. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, if they're going to actually utilize that cap space, that's a whole other discussion for another day. And, you know, I, am assuming now that, um, we'll start to see a little more movement between Lehigh and the flyers since they have an extra spot, but we'll see. maybe they're going to sign somebody right away and just fill it right back up. Rachel. I mean, I can't tell you what they're going to do. Yeah. And you know, the Isaac Ratcliffe deal opens up a contract slot as well. That's that's something that's going to, yeah, it's going to come into play. Uh, In practice yesterday, we did not see Wade Allison or Kevin Hayes on the ice, which, you know, we expected JVR to still be held for trade purposes. But I I do think that it's a little concerning (laughs) to see Wade Allison and Kevin Hayes not out there. But again, you know, we have a few days, so we'll see, I guess, what happens over the next couple. I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. The other thing about the open contract that I forgot to mention is that going to be for Jay O'Brien? Anyhow. I don't know. It it could be for one of the prospects uh, out there. Jay O'Brien could well, he's be the one most, of them. He's the one that um, is in danger of just leaving, right? The other ones you mm-hmm. could sign to ELCs at other times. I haven't looked at everybody. I don't know if somebody's like in danger, but he's the one like – this could be another one that just sort of just is, is gone. Like, you know, you lost a second-round talent. You lose a first-round guy. He's not a first-round talent, but he's a decent player. You might lose that. But anyhow, yeah, go go on with the show. Don't worry. All of these little things, Russ. How dare you bring up important topics on this show? I know. (laughs) We will talk about Jay O'Brien, though, I think, in in the very near future, especially once we get past the trade deadline and we know the contract situation. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the other deals that happened around the league and see if that gives us any hints as to what JVR might get and a return. I think for me, you know, the most interesting one was Nito Niederreiter for a second round 2024 pick. Um, I think that there is some extrapolation you can make that, yeah, JVR could be worth a second. Yeah, Rider is good for 20-something goals a year. JVR is not. I think that's the, the big difference there. Because as an example, the uh, the Dadunov deal, it, it turns out that the Flyers were in on Gorianov, offered JVR, mm-hmm. and guess what? They didn't take JVR. They wanted Dadunov. Why? Because Dadunov has scored goals in the playoffs last year, and everybody wonders if JVR is going to score. That's the real telling part yeah. of his value right there because the flyers could use a guy like arianoff who has speed and skill and maybe he just needs a change of scenery and you try him out and you see what you got for the rest of the year because he scored 20 goals a couple of years ago but they couldn't make the deal because jvr does not bring that kind of cachet just uh as a side note what did you think of the tanner Janot deal to tampa it's all right so there's there's a couple layers the the first layer is there's no income tax in florida right so that's what helps Tampa get extra guys sometimes. Now this is a a cheap contract, so he's worth more. He scored 20 goals a year ago. 
Tampa's got guys that will make sure that pucks are sort of loose and around and being, you know, that there's opportunity around the net that maybe wasn't there with Nashville because they don't have good goal scorers. There's always a lot going on in Tampa. So Janot could score goals with them easily and play around that crease area and be tough. Did they give up too much? Absolutely. But they don't care because they've been to the cup so many times that they, again, we have to remember this Flyers fans should remember they drafted their core. If you look at, you know, their top players plus some of the other guys like Sorelli and Killorn and whatever, all these guys are drafted. When you draft that well, and some of them are Hall of Famers, you know, like Stamkos and possibly Vasilevsky and Hedman will be, then guess what? Then you could add on a lot of these ancillary players and get rid of picks because you've been so successful doing it. I think so too. And, you know, Tampa has the amazing skill of just picking up that one right player they oh, need yeah. every single time every single time it's called and you good think, pro uh, scouting that's what's pro yeah. scouting yeah it's uh it's really fascinating that sometimes you think oh why would they want that guy but it turns out to be the exact missing piece yeah that that they need every single time so i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it and i think you know as their window it's not closed or, or near it by any stretch but you know, at a certain point, they're not going to have all of those pieces still. And so they might as well still go for it while they can. True. I, I agree. And again, it's a hefty price, though. I don't want to act like it's not. Yeah. It is. It really is. Uh, a first, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Uh, that's a lot. But And that's the thing. You know, Nashville made up for the lack of return on the Nita Rider when all the fans were, were kind of losing it. Well, this made up for it. Yep, it really did. Uh, just one more thing before we switch over to the Phantoms. Uh, Thirty-two. Well, aren't we going to talk about the other Flyers deals? Not yet, since they have not occurred. Oh, I just saw everybody else making deals. I assume they they made some. All right, never mind. Russ. Uh, speaking of potential deals, Elliot Friedman mentioned on Thirty-two Thoughts that the Flyers were willing to take reclamation projects <laughs> and. <laughs> I think that, you know, you can take this two ways. You can take them as reclamation projects like Owen Tippett, which has been successful to some degree, um, but certainly not turning nothing into an elite player. Mm -hmm. This is turning, you know, a borderline guy into a solid NHL. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's that's a good thing. But when, you know, you're trying to build for the future, like we've been saying, you do need some pieces now and Torts has been successful with some pieces now, but man, <laughs> I don't know if that's it's not a like great message to the fans, get. Rachel. I just want to go out there and tell right. you that. Yeah. That's, that's the other side of it. Right. Is that it's not looking at draft picks, which are, I think, you know, there's some risk to it, but the reward is much higher than a reclamation project. You know, once, once you find out that's out there, it kind of gives you an idea of where things are at. All right. We are going to switch over to talking about the Phantoms coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. My goal is to eat a little healthier this year, but I don't want to compromise taste. And Built Bar is just the thing. Healthy is actually tasty. 
And what makes them so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And on the healthy side, they only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And you don't have to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, but you can also get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. As we were just talking about, the NHL trade deadline is this Friday, March 3rd, over on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 Eastern Friday. NHL hosts will break down the biggest deals from across the league, and we will be covering any trades the Flyers make over the course of the week. So uh, subscribe to our YouTube feed for all of that breaking news. Plus, we'll post uh, instant reactions over on Instagram. All right, Russ. So the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, besides the Urson and Denoyer news that we got, um, they did wind up calling up Nolan Meyer from Reading and sent Pat Nagel down uh, and got Nolan Meyer, Meyer a couple of starts uh, for the fandoms. It's good. I think he had a rough couple of games, but uh, I think it was good for him to get that experience regardless. Um, I would say, yes, that, that Hershey game was a little rough for him, but I think it was not entirely his fault, I would say, okay. in that one in particular. Um, so they had three games this past week. They lost to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, which is just brutal. That was four to three. Um, and then they lost in a shootout to Hershey four to three as well. This was like the four to three week. It really was. Of course. Um, but one in Bridgeport four to three, which is very important. But I will say, so both of those uh, weekend games, the Saturday shootout loss and the Sunday Bridgeport win, the, the Phantoms were down. So they were down uh, three to one against Hershey and they were down three to nothing against Bridgeport and managed to come back and make a game of it. So that was, that was really good to see. And I think a highlight of the weekend. Now you don't want to go down by that many no. goals to begin with. Uh, but at the same time, I think the, the resiliency is there and, you know, given all that splitting the points, they're still in fifth place. Um, it, it's kind of a shame because Hershey has been having a rough couple of weeks uh, as well. And so there was some opportunity to really move up that they've taken advantage of to some degree, but not as much as maybe would be better and, and make their playoff positioning a little bit more comfortable. They have one step in the playoffs, one step on a banana peel. That's pretty much where they're at. Like, it's just, they really can't take advantage of their situation. Like you said, this was a good chance to gain a fair amount of points and they didn't. So I don't know what's going to happen. You know, what, what the consequences will be. So that that part's a little disappointing for me. You know, we'll see. I mean, like you said, at least they came back in that other game. Otherwise, it would have been horrific. Yeah, I will say in the Hershey game, um, all three goals against were partially because guys weren't covered well on the back door. All three of them. It was like clockwork. And we saw so a lot I of think, that in New Jersey, too. So that's a 
That's a yeah. common thing in the organization. <laughs> yeah. I think at least like, I feel like knowing there was a rhyme and reason to why those goals were scored and what went wrong is actually helpful in, in knowing what to go and fix um, rather than it just being dumb luck or redirects yeah. or, you know, whatever. I, I think that, that in some ways it's helpful knowing that. And, and I think working on some of that coverage, I think there also may have been some issue with communication with Nolan Meyer, like coming back up um, and playing it in those couple of games uh, where they wound up losing. I, I, I really think there's some disconnect there with him not uh, being a regular goalie there as much. But uh, I do think that there was very specific things yeah. that went wrong this weekend. But again, good things that they came back as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely good that they came back. Um, we'll see what this means long term. But right now it's kind of like, all right, I mean, do better. That's all I'm going to say is do better. Yeah, and I think the other thing that this week really showed to me is that there may be a little issue here with the fact that the vets are the ones stepping up more right now, as opposed to the kind of more lead prospect guys. And so you have a guy like Garrett Wilson, who's had a phenomenal couple of weeks, which is great. And you need those guys to step up, especially if you're in a playoff race, but you also want to see some of the prospects stepping up and taking those leadership roles and setting the example to kind of prove themselves in terms of, you know, making a, a good attempt at maybe getting a call up. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm not like worried about it yet in a, in a significant way, but I, it, it was just an observation that I've had over the last couple of weeks. No, I get it. I mean, the one, the one thing for sure is, um, because I saw Sam Carcini just tweeted it a couple hours ago, is that Urson is now down in the AHL for good. And that's in the hopes that the Phantoms can make the playoffs. So that should stabilize them. Should. It very much should. And he, I think, it was very good for him to be in that game Sunday. Um, again, they went down 3 nothing. Um, I think maybe one of the goals he would want back. Sure. Um, but at the same time, he made some really great saves and, you know, they did come back and win the game. And I think that was good for him to get a W like immediately after that seven, nothing loss for the, the flyers. That's the best but, thing that could happen to him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And then kind of the other main observation is that there's special teams. Like we've been talking about this, but to me, when you're really falling behind on that and it's not getting more fine-tuned as the season goes on that's of concern to me as well and it's also like if it's not going well at lehigh valley if any of those guys come up to the flyers where the the power play isn't going well there either it's like how how is that supposed to improve right. things or or kickstart the energy on the flyers side of things when you know, they're, they were one for the Phantoms were one for seven on Wednesday, although one of them was like five seconds long. No, it's, a, it's a great point. I'm Yeah, it's a great point because you would think somebody, if they came up and they have like one of the better power plays, would have all this confidence and say, guys, you know, it's working where I am. Maybe, you know, if you have me playing here, we could try it. 
even though as a young, you know, a young guy, right. you know, he might say that and, you know, the coach might shoot it down, but you're right. If it's bad down there and it's bad upstairs. Eh. Yeah. And the power play was doing really well for a while and it had, it plateaued and now it's kind of like gone the other going way. backwards yeah. a little bit. And so that's where the concern is that it was doing really well for so much of the season. And like I said, they were one for seven on Wednesday, one for four on Saturday and zero for four on that's Sunday. That's a brutal three games. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it is definitely something to keep an eye on. And, you know, I think that they were okay on Wednesday, not really like two for five on the PK. I mean, this hasn't been as strong as their power play in the past, but um, they could be doing a little bit better. And again, you know, they're having these backdoor problems yeah. defensively anyway. So there is a connection there for sure. Oh yeah. No, that's, there's definitely a connection. All right. We are going to dig into some of our top prospects down there coming up next. Today's episode sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills and vitamin supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, Russ, taking a look at some of the prospects down in Lehigh Valley, um, Elliot Denoyer still leads the team in points despite the call-up uh, with 37. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you look at the points per game on the team um, and look at who has the most, Bobby Brink has the highest points per game on the team in terms of active right, players right. that aren't called up or, or injured or whatnot. Um, you know, he did have a little bit of a rough time of it against Hershey. He missed a penalty shot and his shootout attempt. Um, but and he's a minus five. He that, needs to clean that up. Too. Yeah, there, there's very clear things that he needs to work on. But in terms of the offensive side of things, I think he's doing pretty well considering what he came back from and he came in mid. -season. Yeah, I think that part's a plus. But to play for the guy upstairs, he is going to have to clean things up. And that's why they should keep him down there and let them just try and go on an AHL run because he's he's got to focus on that now. These are weaker parts of his game that have sort of gotten him to this point, but he's not going to get any further um, with the other guy. And then, the, again, when I you know gave a question to Denoye, kind of a hard one, just kind of asking him, like, you know, what is different in you this season? Because none of us expected him to be the, the the leading goal scorer in in Lehigh, and he is. Because I would have thought it'd be Forster, or maybe it still will be at the end. Um, 
but he didn't have any good answers. He just like says, you know, works hard and everything else. That's great. But something definitely changed in him because this is um, a really nice boost for him. And that's why I'm, I'm a little harder on, on Tyson Forster because uh, I have a little bit more expectations for him overall than I do for Denoye, even though I like Denoye and always have. So, you know, I want to see him like give a boost. And, you know, I think, I think he needs to, you know, he, I know he is scoring, but, Mm-hmm. He he needs to score more like he does. He needs to end this season with at least 25 to 30 goals. That's if he could do that, he will get himself on the you know radar for the bigger club. If not, then he's probably not going to not right away. Yeah. And it is interesting with him because, you know, I would think that a guy like him would have like maybe more a little bit more assists yeah. than goals, but he's even, he he's got 18 goals and 18 assists. And so I think that bodes really well that he's like taking the shots that maybe he wouldn't have earlier in the season. I think he absolutely is doing that. Um, and I, I think that he also wants to keep the playmaking going. And sometimes that just makes him unsure of what to do um in terms of you know the right choice uh whether to dish it off or to hold on to the puck himself and you know again he's got to work on the defensive side of things a, a little bit more i think that's that's a huge factor for tyson forster right now but i absolutely think he's on the right path it just may take him a little longer to get there than maybe some people would want yeah um i'm looking right uh, uh now up on uh insta to see what his percentage so a lot of things are down for Forrester. Time in the ice down. Power play time is down. Um shots per game, four point one down. Uh his shots on goal percentage is good at fifty six percent. His puck battles are up, his hits are up, but his offensive numbers are down. So that's that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Yeah, and you know, there's there's some of it with uh, other guys or like when Bobby Brink came back, honestly, I, I do think that affected Tyson Forster's ice time. I think that's to fair. some degree, uh, you know, it, and it, it should be going up now with Ollie Luxall and Elliot Denoyer Correct. up. Tyson Forster's time should be going up. And it seems like those two are going to stick uh, with the Flyers. And so I would I would look to really see Forster's ice time going up. I wouldn't say they're sticking like flypaper because of the coach, but they're sticking for the moment. I I think so too. It's uh and you know, with Forster playing on a line with Artem and Isimov, who isn't going anywhere, there should be some consistency there as yeah. well. And, and you some know, through whoever you want on that games. line. Like let's you know, mm-hmm. let's have some bigger games, multi point you know, multi point, multi goal games. Like that's that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. Um I do think uh you know, Ronnie Adderd is is playing pretty well right yeah. now, as is Adam Yinning. I think Adam Yinning is so far one of my, you know, biggest surprises. It shouldn't be because he's older and he right. gets and it. We talked about um, him. But we did. Yeah. We knew he was uh, going to you know, come in under the radar and and do pretty well. Yeah. And he scored again, which is, again, like any goal from him is like icing on the cake to, to a large degree. But, you know, he, he's stepping up there a little bit. And I, I do think that he is one of those guys, if he has a really good offseason training, could surprise some people in camp next year. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt it. I think there's a chance of that. But I wish there were more of a chance of Ronnie Adder being on the top pairing, to be honest. 
we shall see. The Phantoms have a, a busy schedule in March, but uh, there will be three games this upcoming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They face Syracuse on Friday, which is always a struggle. The Marlies on Saturday, Oof. and then division leading Providence on Sunday. Oh, we'll see what so, they're made of this weekend. Like this is a big weekend. It is a huge, huge weekend for them. And I would certainly hope they could steal some points and, you know, keep the progress going. Well, the Marlies got weakened Le- a little with that latest Kyle Dubas trade. So we'll see. That's an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. Uh, One of the things that we will definitely have is a mailbag, and we will preview the matchup against the Rangers. And we'll see who's on the Rangers um, for that game as well. Yeah. 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 So if you want to have your mailbag question answered, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, and every result covering every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on your Locked On NHL feed. Have a great day, everyone.